Hey, everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, do you think being a sensitive person is good or bad? On the one hand, you're sensitive enough to empathize with your child's feelings, right? But on the other hand, you may find yourself getting easily offended or noticing way too many things that bug you. Can we strike a balance with sensitivity? We're talking about it up next right after the news with the sensitive Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Former President George W. Bush is recovering from a successful heart surgery this morning to open up a blocked artery. A spokesman says Bush is in high spirits and eager to return to his normal schedule later this week. Accused Fort Hood shooter Major Nadal Hassan announced to the court-martial panel he is the shooter and said the evidence will show he is guilty of the 13 murder charges and 32 counts of attempted murder. Hassan could face the death penalty if he's convicted. The State Department has ordered all U.S. citizens out of Yemen in the face of a potentially imminent threat. British personnel have also been evacuated, while BBC sources are reporting the possible attack would target Western dignitaries with suicide bombers and explosives. An evicted homeowner who was accused of blasting his way into a monthly Pennsylvania town meeting and killing three people last night had 90 more rounds of ammunition in his car, according to police. A state police official warned today the attack could have been much worse. After claiming to have arranged prostitutes for former New York governor and current New York City comptroller candidate Elliot Spitzer, competing comptroller candidate Kristen Davis has now been arrested by the FBI for selling prescription drugs to an FBI informant four times in as many months. In world news, U.S. Senators John McCain and Lindsey Graham are urging Egyptian military leaders to release political prisoners and begin the process of holding new democratic elections. The senators are also appealing to Muslim Brotherhood leaders to avoid resorting to violence and instead join in a national dialogue. A new study from British researchers at Cambridge University shows breastfeeding may help reduce the mother's risk of developing Alzheimer's disease later in life. However, the researchers cautioned further study is needed to confirm their results. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your sensitive one, (laughs) your guide on the side. And today, have we got a topic for you. Do you consider yourself sensitive? Has anybody ever told you you're overly sensitive? You're overthinking this. Uh, We're getting into that today. Are you a sensitive soul? Because um, we've got an expert coming on. Man, it's going to be interesting. Because I've decided I'm sensitive. I took a test. Test said, Matt sensitive. Boom. Don't know if it's good or bad, but I done carry it. It was on the internet, and you can't tell lies on the internet. No. It's all good. And so we're going to be bringing on an expert a little bit later today. Uh, Dr. Elaine Aaron's going to be joining us. She's given us a quiz uh, about sensitivity. She's going to take you through the quiz as well. Because you can be a sensitive person and maybe... You know, maybe that makes you, I don't know, get, you know, angry because people are always bothering you because they keep making that clicking noise, you know, like Skyboy yawns a lot. And I'm visually sensitive because I see that gaping mouth. And then when you start yawning, all of a sudden, 
uh, Merritt starts yawning. And then when all of a sudden two of you are yawning, Bryce usually takes a nap. I just fall nap. asleep. I yeah. just right there. Out. And then Rob walks in like, who put everyone to sleep? And it's he like, blames I, me. I work with the worst people. See, we're all sensitive, I think. I don't know. Do you we're think tired. you're sensitive? That seems tired. Are you sensitive? You're sensitive. Are you? Absolutely. Are you overly sensitive? Well. Is there such a thing? Later on, I'll make a distinction between highly and overly sensitive. Okay. But I would say I'm highly sensitive. I'm always paying attention to what people are doing. I'm always analyzing what they may or may not be thinking. Mm-hmm. I like to kind of always... 20-ish percent of the population are sensitive. Is that right, Mara? It is, yeah. Is that a statistic I remembered correctly? You did remember it correctly. But because uh, it's confusing. Because um, you can be sensitive to heat. You can be sensitive to noise. You can be sensitive to others, like socially worried about what others are thinking or saying. But then all of a sudden, if you're sensitive, maybe it makes it so you're picking up on stuff that – is maybe accurate, but maybe you're overplaying it. Is that what's going on, Merritt? Well, yeah. So this, here's the thing. We need to draw the distinction between somebody who's just like sensitive as in they get offended really easily. Yeah, That's easily offended. Different. Yeah. But then there's the highly sensitive person. And this is HSPs. HSP. This is the thing. And it's defined by our guest, Dr. Elaine Aaron. And she's an expert on the topic. She's been studying it since the 90s, has Jeez, many, many books out. That's yeah, cool. It's crazy. But anyway, she defines it as somebody who has a sensitive nervous system, is aware of subtleties in his or her surroundings, and is more easily around, overwhelmed when in a highly stimulating environment. So it has huh. to do with stimulus. And so if you're, you're get, it takes energy for you to be right. around any sort of stimuli. And so a highly sensitive person is way more affected by, by that, and it's way more draining for them, and they notice things way more oh, than somebody else would. So, for example, but this kind of works out. Yeah. Those people can are usually more responsive to detail and nuances and meaning. Um, somebody used an example of a guy who had taken a color hue test, and uh-huh. those who were highly sensitive could tell more differences between different hues and color than those who weren't highly sensitive. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm not sensitive. Well, there's also different kinds okay, of highly good. sensitive. High sensitivity. Yeah. Yeah. Smells. It, I'm. Ah. Yeah. Smells, smells kill me. Yeah. So there's like physical things that you can mm-hmm. be sensitive to, which anything to do with your senses. Yeah. Um, also social sensitivity. Other some people there. Yeah. H- HSPs are usually more intuitive of other mm-hmm. people's feelings. Um, That's okay. Yeah. I'm now I'm back to sensitive. Yeah. You're back to sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe <laughs> I'm too sensitive to the whole subject because I couldn't mow the lawn because if if I mowed the lawn because we had a dog and the dog would. Leave messes, landmines, landmines. But if if I smelled one, I it would. I had to end my mowing because I would just start like gagging, dry gagging. But that one's not that bad. Well, it is Am- among the range of smells. Well, no, but like let's just say you're walking down the street to school, for example, and you smell it and you start dry heaving. That's just a little extreme. I I thought it was worse when somebody left the dog food out in the rain, having Ew. to clean up the soggy mess. I yeah. thought that smelled worse than how about this the other dog smell you're trying to describe. Have you ever gone to one of those candle stores? Oh, I hate that. I would rather die than walk into a bed. What do they call like a lotions? Po- what are those places called with all the stinky? 
Oh, like everything. Bath and Body Works is the one. Uh, Any 20-something-year-old. I can't go in that place. And See, the thing is, I can handle like one smell at a time. And so I'm good with my one smell. Yeah, I can't do that. But then when you go in there and there are like 50 competing smells and there's like tons of chemicals in the air because everybody's spraying it, it's way bad. I I think the best analogy I can think of is somebody taking the piano and hitting all the keys at once. You've said that before. Or dropping the piano. Was that Oh, I've got that that sound effect somewhere. Yeah, that was good. But that, see, and that actually, okay, that's interesting. Or volume. Uh, Like when somebody, like when my kids are screaming. Yeah. That my my thing bad. coming from a musical family, we had very strict rules set up about when and how music could be played. So it was no music after nine o'clock or before breakfast, before school. None of us are morning people. And then also you couldn't play. We had rules about who could practice music yeah. at the same time. So there were there were times when I'd like walk yeah, in. Yeah, you can't have a horn. And my and brother's a... downstairs playing the bass, and my older brother's upstairs <laughs> playing the piano. And then my little sister is singing and listening to music in her room. And I'm just like, it was, ah, I can't see, handle that's, it anymore. So you're sensitive. So isn't it weird? Uh, in the room, we have a lot of sensitive people here. I wonder why that is. Well, here's the thing. Sensitivity. Oh, I think we just dropped a piano. Oh, dear. I found, I found the uh, lotion <laughs> store. And, and we're so glad you did. <laughs> we are so glad you did. <laughs> he was all over it. So um, what were you saying, Merritt? Sensitivity has to, very strong links with creative. Does abilities. it? See, yeah. that explains So we kind of work in a creative environment. I was about to say, not that debunks it. Oh, yeah, wait, I was like, no. hold it. No. I don't see yeah. the parallel. Yeah, we kind of work in a creative environment, so I'm not surprised. I that, that's, that. But so you're saying, though, I, could, I actually think I'm fairly socially sensitive, and I'm also, I guess, apparently um, sensitive to smell. Yeah, that would be one. And not color, not visually. Mm-hmm. Some other Hearing, things, I am. Yeah, sensitive people will be like overwhelmed by light. Mm-hmm. And that's L- one that I find myself like, Light's at the end bad. of the day, I kind of just want to like, I really like my room to be mm-hmm. completely dark. Well, of course. And Count I don't Dracula. like to have lights on. Lots of, lots of vampires. <laughs> and... Zombies. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure Merritt's experienced oh, this before where you, you, you're you in like all day on a Saturday and then you finally emerge from your cave at like three or two o'clock or three yeah, in the afternoon the when like the sun the brightness. is <laughs> hottest and brightest. You walk yeah. outside, you open your eyes and you're just like, oh, no, no, no that's just me. Oh, I, 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 like, oh. yeah. I, I live with sunglasses always attached to me because I can't. Is, it's is, embarrassing. Is, yeah. this, is this sensitive thing, it's, is, I can't tell if it's good or bad. Well, see, the thing is, it can be good and it can be bad. And I think Dr. Aaron's going to get into that. Good. But here's something fun. I have a list of weird things that people are, who are highly sensitive people, HSPs, are yes. sensitive to. HSP. The other but people are Skyboy an HSP? I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's a musician. He's creative. I think he's pretty. he's always pretty sleepy. His girlfriend says he's a PYT. What does that mean? <laughs> Never mind. Michael Jackson reference. Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, I want to know what it is now. now. What does it mean? PYT? Pretty young thing. Ah. Oh, that's what I heard from his girlfriend. Really? Yeah, I'm a PYT, Matt. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. You're a NUT. A nut? Yeah. Ah. You're a... <laughs> M- no. Um, so I'm not going with I'm not going with sensitive. I mean, you are a sensitive spirit. You're a sensitive guy. <laughs> but I'm not going with sensitive is your mo. Why not? Because um, I don't sense it. Oh, uh, and you are an HSP, so you would know. Uh huh. Thank you. Yeah, I'm an AP HSP. 
advanced placement, <laughs> HSP, highly sensitive You're person. You're a DRAP, uh-huh. HSP. With an M-A-M-A-M-O-U-S-E. Gotcha. Master's, That's master's, pretty, mouse. You got a lot of credentials there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, I don't know. You're a sensitive guy. Like you're a nice guy that worries about the underdog and you worry. But I'm not sensing – a lot of jocks I'm not thinking would be like super dupers, sensitives. Mm. No, I think in order uh. like to be really into s- sports, that's a lot of contact and a lot of stimulation yeah. going on. Like it would be super distracting to yeah. like watch the sweat go down someone's face and like be totally weirded out by that. <laughs> And then still have to shoot a, to you? and then have to shoot a free throw. That's why I never went pro. If I if I wasn't so darn sensitive because of sweating. Yeah, well, Matt. yeah. Because as I'm sitting there shooting and I have sweat dripping down my back, because that's part of it, isn't that one of the like if your tag on your clothes bo- mm-hmm. bothers yeah. you a lot, sensitive. But there's some people that like could have their tags and their price tags hanging off their sleeve, and it's been scratching their arm all day, and they're like whatever. They could actually like just wear barbed wire. They could just yeah. make their clothes out of yeah. barbed wire. Fencing, exactly. And they'd be fine. A burlap bag maybe? A burlap, <laughs> sack, burlap sack? So are you sensitive yet? Have you figured it out, Skyboy? I, I haven't figured it out. This whole time I've been trying to decide if I'm sensitive or not. I, I know you're a sensitive there, I, solo for sure. I'm, like I think socially you are sensitive. Well, I'm a ginger. so. No, but, well, <laughs> you are a ginger. But I do think you're a sensitive human. Like I think you – I know you care socially. Yeah. Profoundly. Probably yeah. maybe even too much. But Yeah. But the rest I don't see it. No, you might be he- hearing-wise. Yeah, because I was thinking – you pick I was up thinking, on little well, I was thinking about the music because someone was talking about music. And when something's – when I listen to a band or a group – and they're out of time Can or something's it? not it, – well, it drives me crazy. So, yeah, you're and there's sure. things that drive me crazy with music that other people don't notice. No, so. totally. Yeah, see, and I don't I, – with music, I don't notice it. If my toe can tap, I'm good. <laughs> Isn't it weird? We're going to have to get into this. So give us the quiz. Quirks so, of the HSPs. Yeah, just quirks. Just things that bother people. So when is, when is loud movie soundtracks? Oh. <laughs> my immediate thought, Iron Man. <laughs> I you can't. Know that. Isn't like please don't make me sit through that. Isn't the mummy like the sort of the quintessential like loud movie? Like, like or, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. It's not the mummy. It was U five seven one. Yeah, the submarine World War Two movie. Really, where they the depth charges were rocking. Yeah. As a kid, what I was no, like Transformers. Eight or nine. I don't know. Transformers Even... deafened me. I was <laughs> I hated that movie. I, I seriously, my hand. I just had my hands over my ears. The first time I saw Thor. That was the loudest Thor. movie I've ever been. I think it was the theater, but I I saw I plugged my ears the See, whole movie. We're sensies. Mm. So we're making up a name for it. Okay, here's another one. Big and excited crowds. Oh yeah. I I don't know. That's why I don't yeah. do concerts. Yeah, I don't the concerts. It, it's interesting cuz like I can handle crowds. So if I'm in a city and it's crowded, that's fine. But usually people who are in a city going to and from work usually aren't that excited. Yeah. But the minute I get into like a a concert or any sort of like a block fairs. party, <laughs> block party, yeah, yeah. Fairs, yeah, yeah. It's very overwhelming. Amusement Too distracting parks, to me. Yeah, yuck. What else? Did you say same? What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I leaned over to Skyler. I was like, Skyler, save that little bit of audio. Where Matt said block party. It was the tone was just perfect. It was just perfect. Good ears. Good ears. What else? Um, Give us you, the We already talked about quiz. smells. Yeah, yeah ah, smells. Delicate flavors, little changes in art. Mm. Hold it. What? 
What? Art. Art. So if you can Who's notice, art? like, say you're looking at a painting and you yeah. can notice the delicate details of it. Yeah. Like brush strokes? More. Yeah, brush strokes. Brush fibers. Yeah, things like that. Okay. Yeah. That sounds cool. <laughs> Never been there. I'm sure that's really unpleasant to be sensitive to or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's but great. I don't know. Okay, here's one. Like, crude innuendo. That will bother a highly sensitive person. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or like a swear word that kind of gets yeah. And I mean, not there. necessarily because there are different types of sensitivity, yeah, totally. but that could be Inter- if that's you like more maybe. socially sensitive, yeah. maybe. That's cool. Yeah. Um, here's uh, violent films often bother or like, a highly uh, sensitive like, person. Or like scary films. Yeah. Like, yeah. Suspense. Because it's the, the suspense, the startling, yeah. yes, just Why not would good. Wouldn't sit well. That would kill a sensitive yeah. person. Um, here's another thing. If you notice all those little sounds that seem to bother you, but no one else, like your refrigerator making noises or fluorescent lights or leaving the TV on. Oh, yes. My, my TV has a very nice black screen. And if someone will turn off the, the, uh, the thing for the TV or whatever it's plug or the, yeah, the, the cable, TV player yeah. or whatever, I'll walk in and I'll just. Somebody's been used. It's ringing. Some, something is on. And then I'll hit every, like, is it the microwave? Is it the this? Is it that? Is, what, what is, is this it? I'll That's put my cool. ear up to it and I'll be like, oh, it's my TV. <laughs> Who isn't turning off my TV? That's great. That's messed up. Yeah. Any others? Um, How about clowns? Clowns freak me out. No, really. And actually, that's funny because that is listed. No, Circuses. that In this list that I found for the weird quirks for highly sensitive people, circuses are upsetting for them. It's the, beard, it's the bearded lady. <laughs> well, I think it's got everything. It's got smells because I got all the animals. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, people screaming. It's got crowds. Yeah, possible crowds, Loud noises. It, yeah. Insensitivity to other people, too, because, I mean, a circus will... See, this Makes is fun. yeah. This could be a huge deal because maybe you're out there in listener land and you might think maybe you're just actually an introvert, but maybe you're not. Maybe you're just sensitive. So you just get worn out by the end of the day of all these sounds, smells, images, coworkers, and they just wear you out. Maybe you're just sensitive. Hmm. I like this subject. I think we figured it out. No. Well, we still have an hour of show, so it's up to you, Matt. Darn it. Well, we'll have to come back. We're going to bring our real expert on that's going to walk us through sensitivity. You know, there's a line between overly sensitive and sensitive. We're going to take a break, come back. When we come back, our own Bryce Tobin is going to talk about overly sensitive people. Of course, he'll turn that into a rant because he's sensitive himself. When we take a break, we'll be back. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A mission to Pluto turns into cosmic dodgeball when scientists discover new moons on the way to their target. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Pluto wasn't discovered until 1930, and we're still learning new things about it, including the fact that it's not at all alone out there. No, Pluto has a posse, and just this year, we discovered a fifth moon orbiting Pluto. That moon was completely unknown when New Horizons blasted off in 2006. The original flight plan assumed a course skimming closely between Pluto and its largest moon, Charon. But only now do we know it's heading into a cosmic dodgeball game with five moons, many smaller chunks of ice and rock, perhaps even a ring system around Pluto. After an almost 11-year flight, is the mission doomed even before it can get close enough for a good photo op? And maybe the new finds are a good thing. 
Can the mission be updated to also get data about these latest discoveries? The mission planning team has less than a thousand days to try to master the orbits of the new objects, adjust course to avoid debris clouds, and steer new horizons to play dodgeball between Pluto and Sharon, which is about the size of Texas. That's gonna leave a mark. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. There is so much going on in the world that sometimes it's good just to sit back, relax, and think about life. Relevance is something we make or discover or invent. Relevance is probably completely up to us. The people of the past are dead and gone, but to call them irrelevant is our decision and probably a very poor one. Thinking Aloud, weeknights at 8.30 Eastern, only on BYU Radio. Welcome back, all you sensitive people out there in sensitive land. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about sensitive people. Are you sensitive? Do you feel like, you know, you read into people a lot, you're very intuitive, you know, are you sensitive to sounds, to situations, to smells? And what impact does sensitivity have on you? Maybe if you're sensitive, maybe you end up operating with more caution in your life, you think? I don't know, to avoid it. Merritt just admitted she just takes naps whenever she's not liking people around her or doesn't like what she's hearing. Some people mentally check out, Merritt physically checks out. She just goes, nine, nine, and then just puts her head down and starts to snore like a chainsaw. Is that right, Merritt? I'm an all or nothing kind of person. You didn't know we were bringing this up. She's like, I'm just going to bring something up right in the middle, and then we brought it up. Yep. But um, see, I think that's where you and Skyboy have something in common. Well, see, you would think you that sleep you know, having yeah, I would I would need to take more naps, but maybe it means you don't like us. That I'm tired. No, I'm still staying awake. So that means I do like. Oh, that you. okay? Because I, yeah, I, I was feeling sensitive about that. Whoa, and now Bryce is yawning. Um, okay, so here's the deal. Bryce, apparently you yourself have um, maybe seen some experience around people that are overly sensitive. I have dealt with the human race before. Um, I've had a few experiences with them. And, uh... and you put together a rant. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is Right. Please allow me a moment to rage with you about something that really gets to me. I have a tendency to speak insensitively. I'm working on it. I try not to express strong opinions until I have a lay of the land. I keep harsh statements to myself. Regardless, I often find myself sticking my foot in my mouth. But you know what? Sometimes it isn't my fault when I do. Sometimes someone else takes that foot, shoves it into my own mouth. And you know what? I don't like that. Now, I want to draw the distinction between being highly sensitive and being overly sensitive. Being highly sensitive is intrinsic. There's nothing wrong with this. For example, when I'm not in a car, I am highly sensitive to any car horns going off within a thousand feet of me. No matter what, I'll jump, cringe, and fight the desire to exclaim some form of profanity. Being overly sensitive is where you decide to be sensitive about something and then impose that sensitivity on others. For example, I was in a group of people and we were bemoaning all the racial stereotypes that end up in movies and how that's always a little too forceful and a little lazy. Some good writing could really make this crutch useless. But does Hollywood care? Of course not. 
In the conversation, I brought up the old Cold War era stereotype of using someone with a Russian accent as a villain. Specifically, we were laughing about one movie using a Russian guy to represent the devil. My reasoning for this being so bad was that the movie didn't happen in a specific place. There weren't a lot of accents. Geography wasn't an important part of the movie. The only reason their portrayal of the devil had a Russian accent was to lazily emphasize his bad guyness. But someone in the group piped up and said, Excuse you, I'm Russian. <clears throat> Everyone's reaction was stuck somewhere between shock and irritation. So let's analyze the situation. We were talking about stereotypes and how they were bad. To validate any point we made, we all used an example. Then this chick chimes in with a problem. Her protest fell on deaf ears because all she was doing was trying to get attention by claiming offense to a statement having to do with the nationality that she loosely shared with the subject at hand. And the only thing she managed to do was to kill the mood of the evening. This kind of behavior bothers me to no end. It's one of the easiest ways to get me to go from calm and happy to volcano lava rage in a few seconds. This overly sensitive behavior is selfish and unnecessary. Like the person who had a parent die, yes, a tragedy happened in their life, but how does that make it okay to call someone out for talking about having a parent or for making fun of parents? How does someone become so selfish that they think they can suddenly make a topic off limits just because they have decided to make a big deal about it? Then again, I have a feeling this social annoyance isn't new to anyone, but I'm not just going to present a problem and leave you all hanging. There's a better way to handle something that you've decided to be sensitive about. Like, let's say you have a sibling who is mentally handicapped. The way to do it is not to attempt to publicly shame someone. The better way to handle it is to privately tell the alleged offender, hey, I'm Russian and I'd rather you not say negative things about Russians. There it is. Your protest has been heard. You don't look like an imbecile. And now we can all move forward with our lives. And in the future, we know that should the conversation begin steering towards whatever it is that bothers you, we can be courteous and either not participate or attempt to steer it in another direction. Or, you know, you could just get over yourself and realize that you aren't going to like every topic. But we aren't holding you prisoner. You can always just leave and be sad and alone while we all go have wonderful insensitive fun together all right i'm out and remember don't forget to be awesome i think we struck a nerve on that one i i feel some electricity that was a legit rant right, that was, like, right? That was like... the rant is back <laughs> that was very rantific you were on fuego Absolutely. It really bothers me when... I think it's because we hit a, a sensitivity or maybe oh, an oversensitivity. Am I sensitive to someone's oversensitivity? It's interesting. you Because when we threw this out, like, hey, we need to do a rant on overly sensitive people, you're like, Got done. It. I, I already wrote know the story. <laughs> Let me just He's get my journal out. Whole life. <laughs> Dear diary. <laughs> Page one. You, um, that was, wow. Let's just say the word energy. Passion. Uh, passion. I haven't seen that much energy slash passion come out of you for years since Vietnam. Since Nam. <laughs> Which I hope no one was sensitive to me saying that. Well, you know what? But they see, there's, just, a, there's a big just... play here between sensitive. You can be sensitive to things, but don't push your sensitivity on me is what you're saying. Absolutely. Or I guess don't push it on me and also don't assume that I was trying to be insensitive. Well, you could have just been ignorant. Yeah, actually, generally, that's what it is. Or in that case, you were just talking Russians, right? But you were actually you were arguing with this person, not you. Were, I mean, you were basically saying, "Don't." I was saying it's bad. Like, don't Russians, use a stereotype. Russians are people. Russians are right. not devils. That's but then fine. that person jumped on and said, "Don't hate Russians. Don't talk about Russians because mm. I am." Yeah, no, I'm going to talk about Russians. Yeah, now you're mad at Russians. No, I, Russians are great. Okay, good. That was good. Wow.
we got to get more of your sensitive topics because then that equals a great rant. Well, I do what I can. All right. I was moved. Even Skyboy listened. I was. That's actually yeah. true. You guys were quiet while we were listening to that. And he's a Russian. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to talk after okay, this. Good. So. That, you know, it's interesting. I had never thought about it. It's true how we could use just – they're the typical bad guy, Cold War bad guy. You just got to slip them in It's there. easy. It's simple. If anything – pretty much anything that was made in the 70s and 80s, the bad guy, he's at least Eastern European. Now, what's the bad – now who's the bad guy? Uh, it's usually uh, – Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern or – That's just or sad. Yeah. Or, uh, you know – a vampire. Or a vampire. But vampires are always like Western European. They're always French yeah. or... I think vampires are sensitive, though. I don't think so. Have you not so. seen the movies? No. Like, they're very, like, romantic sensitive. I don't know. Depends what vampires you yeah. Watch the movies. To. Watch the movies. There's vampires with feelings, and then there's vampires that are just, you know... Killers. Yeah. All right, we're going we're gonna to go to break. Now. Are we going to go to break? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's I don't know how we get on vampires all the time. <laughs> it's because we're sensitive to it. All right. Thanks, Skyboy, for paying attention. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking with our sensitivity expert, Elaine Aaron, Ph.D. She's going to teach us if, if you're a sensitive person, are you what we call an HSP, highly sensitive person, the impact, the benefits, and it might even help you understand uh, what's going on in your partner's mind. We'll take a break. Be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Did you leave BYU without a degree? We'd had a few years where, where farming had been very difficult. My wife and I had decided that you know we were at an end with our farming career. That decision to sell the farm was really a turning point in my life. In church, there was a poster from the Bachelor of General Studies program, and we decided to enroll. I see that it has blessed me in the life of our family. Go online to bgs.byu.edu to see if you qualify to finish at home what you started at BYU, Bachelor of General Studies. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. After undergoing heart surgery this morning to relieve stress on a clogged artery, former President George W. Bush is in high spirits. Doctors discovered the issue during a regular physical checkup yesterday. Accused Fort Hood shooter Major Nadal Hassan, who is representing himself in his court-martial, told the court today the evidence will clearly show he is the man who shot and killed 13 fellow soldiers in 2009 and wounded dozens more. The State Department has ordered all U.S. citizens out of Yemen in the face of a potentially imminent threat. British personnel have also been evacuated, while BBC sources are reporting the possible attack would target Western dignitaries with suicide bombs and explosives. An evicted homeowner who was accused of blasting his way into a monthly Pennsylvania town meeting and killing three people last night had 90 more rounds of ammunition in his car, according to police. A state police official warned today that the attack could have been much worse. After claiming to have arranged prostitutes for former New York governor and current New York City comptroller candidate Elliot Spitzer, competing comptroller candidate Kristen Davis has now been arrested by the FBI for selling prescription drugs to an FBI informant four times in as many months. In world news, U.S. Senators John McCain and Lindsey Graham are urging Egyptian military leaders to release political prisoners and begin the process of holding new democratic elections. The senators are also appealing to Muslim Brotherhood leaders to avoid resorting to violence and instead join in a national dialogue.
And the company insuring the diamond collection valued at almost $136 million, which was stolen last month from a hotel in Cannes along the French Riviera, is offering a $1 million reward for the first person to provide information leading to the recovery of the jewels. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about sensitivity. Are you a highly sensitive person? Uh, We're going to find out exactly what that means. About 20% of the population could be deemed, I believe, highly sensitive. And it's probably impacting your life. It's impacting how you go about your day. It's impacting what you notice in life, maybe even what you fixate on a little bit. And what you do and you don't do. So today we thought, you know, this would be a good topic because a lot of people run into overly sensitive people. So we're going to ask our expert if there's a difference. What is a highly sensitive person? Our guest today is Dr. Elaine N. Aaron, A-R-O-N is her last name. Dr. Aaron is uh, has been studying since 1990s um, this concept of sensitivity. She has a master's degree in clinical psychology from uh, York University in Toronto. She has a PhD in clinical psychology as well and uh, does a lot of research on temperament, trait of sensory, sensory processing sensitivity. Boy, that's a mouthful. She also has uh, written a best-selling book called Highly Sensitive Person, The Highly Sensitive Child and the Undervalued Self. Um, along with that, she does a, has her own uh, practice in uh, therapy and, and does a lot of writing and research, um, and her practice is in San Francisco Bay Area. Dr. Erin, uh, thank you for being on the Matt Townsend Show. Oh, I'm so glad to be here and to be speaking to your audience. You bet. This is such a great topic because, you know, I, I and I hadn't gotten into it as deeply until I started reading your stuff on your website. By the way, go to her website, hsperson.com. But highly sensitive person is really, it's it's a true distinction in in humans, right? It is. And people say, oh, how could you have discovered some new trait? And it's not a new trait. But I think that we uh, we have misnamed it, and in the process, gotten it kind of messy and not always gotten what the sensitive person is. We used to call it shyness, which yeah. is your shyness to be not innate. This is an innate trait, um, genetically determined. But you know, it looks a little like shyness. It, but uh, shyness, I think, is the fear of social judgment, which we learn looks a little like introversion, but. Thirty percent of sensitive people are actually extroverts. Isn't so, that think, that's interesting? I hear I'm on the radio, yeah. do a ton of speaking. Everyone thinks I'm an extrovert, but I'm also, mm-hmm. I believe, highly sensitive, and I actually feel well, like I, an introvert. Well, I think I tell you why I think you are is that I have rarely, if ever, been interviewed by someone who was not a combination of highly sensitive and extroverted, or what I really? call high sensation-seeking, which is another trait, which is not the opposite of being sensitive. What is the opposite of being sensitive is being impulsive. Oh. But some people are easily bored, and they enjoy getting into it with other people, and so they that, are that more like be. you. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You've diagnosed me. 
Right. Oh, what but a release. You lots of downtime away from all the stimulation. Exactly. That's what makes you different from other extroverts. That is exactly me. I, I prefer to be alone. Mm-hmm. And then I go have fun. Well, there are lots and lots of actors and, and famous performers who actually prefer uh, to be alone um, when they're not in front of people. It gives them time. I'll, I'll tell you the four letters that describe this trait, and they probably describe you perfectly. They are D-O-E-S. You can call it does or does. I don't care. But depth of processing, mm-hmm. being easily overstimulated, <laughs> being emotionally responsive, and being aware of subtle stimuli. That's my life. So, yeah, there you go. That does it. And probably the lives of lots of people listening to you or people that they know well and have to deal with. That is, that's powerful. I mean, to, to know ourselves, what could be more important than instead of just thinking, oh, yeah, we're just shy or we're just sensitive. I mean, mm-hmm. we're shy or we're just... Right. I mean, it's good or to to have another name for it. As you, as you said, yeah. you can think of it as overly sensitive. And by the way, there are just as many men as women born with this trait, but it's a really different experience for men. So it's just worth pointing that out. Women um, are more comfortable with, with people saying they're sensitive or with being sensitive. Um, we have to kind of understand sensitive men in a different way. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. What, then, is a highly sensitive person? You call it an HSP. So, Because right. some of the listeners out there, in fact, most of them might not be highly sensitive, but they may, they're probably dealing with people that are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll read you a few questions from my self-test, because uh, that helps to get a feeling for it. Yeah. Um, and this test is on the website, so people can go and take it and even scores it for you. Um, other people's moods affect me. I tend to be very sensitive to pain. I have a rich, complex inner life. I'm made uncomfortable by loud noise, deeply moved by the arts and music, conscientious, startle easily, try to avoid making mistakes or forgetting things, try to avoid violent movies and TV shows. Um, mm. Changes in my life shake me up. I become unpleasantly aroused when a lot is going on around me. So um, when I was a child, my parents or teachers seemed to see me as sensitive or shy. When I must compete or be observed while performing a task, I become so nervous or shaky that mm. I'm much worse than I would otherwise. Now, we found that this trait tends to correlate with um, something, with, with, with negative affect, a, neg- a person just being by nature easily depressed or anxious. Yeah. And, and, and in fact... One problem is with the test that we have too many negative questions, but that, but that there's a long story to how the, the test was created, what we call empirically, um, you know, from interviews. But, but, but it does, there is a correlation between um, somebody that's sensitive. I mean, it makes sense that they would be maybe me, more prone yeah, to let depress. Let me explain something. Yeah. Let me explain something that's important, though. We found out that sensitive people who have had a difficult childhood or very stressful life are more depressed, anxious, and shy than other people. Hmm. People who have had a good enough childhood and are not in too stressful of a situation now are less depressed, anxious, or shy than other people. Oh, really? So this, is, this is actually sensitivity to one's environment that we're talking about. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is that there are enough people with bad childhoods that, um, that take this test who even are not highly sensitive but will say, say yes to some of these. So that's where the 
correlation comes from, and we just now when we do our research, we kind of pull that piece out of it statistically. Do do sensitive children come from sensitive parents? I mean, well, if, if it's must, a trait, it is genetically determined. Right. Something very interesting about that. Uh, there's somebody else who has this theory about this. That in most families, you'll find one sensitive child and one not sensitive. Mm. And why that is is an interesting question I won't go into. But yeah. um, sensitive children, yeah, very, very often, I'm, almost all sensitive parents will have one sensitive child. Do, do these, and then I mean, I'm assuming too, other factors like biology could get involved if you, you know, if you tend to have anxiety on top of sensitivity or depression. Right. right. Chemically. We all have other things going on besides our genetics, um, then it interacts with our environment to produce who we are. And who we are, it's all biological in the sense you can sort of find it in the brain or the brain chemistry or the neurons or neurotransmitters or something. But we, but we do know that sensitive people have certain genes, certain genetic variations that other people don't have. Hmm. We, we know that now. We also have done research that indicates that their brains function differently during various tasks that we've given them in a magnetic resonance imaging machine where, where you're able to give people things to do while we watch their brains. Wow. That actually could be fun, right? Just trying to figure that out. If you don't mind getting into one of those machines, yeah, that... the research is certainly fun. <laughs> Talk about a little bit about kind of the evolutionary reasons. I mean, I, I'm assuming we would have evolved this sensitivity for a purpose, right? Not to just... Right, or otherwise it would be gone. I mean, yeah. I often say, why am I so highly sensitive? It's yeah. a big disadvantage. And I say, well, there are big advantages. Um, it, as it turns out, we couldn't have more than about 20% because it is... It is an advantage to pay more attention in many situations yeah. and times. But sometimes, like if you're making a, uh, you know, you're having to decide about whether to make a certain purchase of stocks, for instance. Right. Um, it, it, you know, there's some information that might be useful. And then other times, of course, there are random factors. And sometimes random factors rule, and you might be better purchasing stock without paying any attention. Yeah, just you know, yeah. do like just purchasing some index fund or something, and not trying to pay attention. But other times, it's huge value to pay attention. So it it turns out that if everybody paid attention, there'd be no value because we'd we'd oh, all. Interesting. So a good example is if you know a shortcut and through town, and if everybody knows it during a traffic <laughs> jam so you can get through and everybody else can't, then then that's an advantage to you. But if everybody knows it, then it's not an advantage. So it turns out you always get this minority of people hmm. who are always a little bit paying more attention and having this advantage. But a lot of the time it's a waste of time. Like people say, well, I always, you know... Because you're overthinking? Stuff. Is that what yeah, it is? You're exactly. overthinking, you're over... I mean, and you're already emoting... Right, and how do you define overly sensitive or yeah. overly thinking? Because you think about things, what will I do if there's some emergency? Well, if the emergency never happens, your thinking is a waste of effort. Right. But if it does happen, you're the one that knows what to do. <laughs> yeah. Now, and let's, let's kind of di- let's distinguish it, too, because you're not just talking that sensitive people are just a bunch of skittish, shaking, kind of wet cats that are shaking in the wind. No. But they're 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 thinking, 
They're they're right. noticing stuff. They're intuitive. Right. They're picking That's up right. on they're stuff. They're processing things deeply. So often in a situation, they're the they're the ones that are still thinking while other people are acting. Mm. Not always, because sometimes they already know the answer that nobody else has figured out. But they like to process things more deeply. They tend to take more time making decisions, but their decisions tend to be better. Interesting. And that's governed both by their thinking and by their emotion, because we don't think about things unless we feel strongly about them. So right. there's a kind of an emotional drive that causes us, you know, like a sensitive person in a laboratory will make better bets and they'll bet less money than other people when the odds are poor and more money than other people when the odds are good because they don't want to lose and they really right. want to win. So, so they'd make a so good that, gambler. They actually do, except, except I don't know many sensitive <laughs> people who like to gamble because... It's just too, ris- it's too are, risky. It's too, it's too risky, and they think it's stupid. They know the odds are against them. <laughs> My family used to love to take me as a child to the racetrack because I love horses, and I could, I could pick winners. You're like, hey, like, take the sensitive girl. That's not bad. <laughs> but I don't, don't like very much betting on horses because it's... Yeah. I don't enjoy the race as much fun. I'm too worried about it. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? But we have, do you call it a trait? Oh, yes. It's an innate trait. Oh, neat. And, or, you know, it's a temperament trait. So um, we have other innate traits, like some people are more persistent than others or more physically active than others. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you're born with it, and you can't do much to change it. And that's one of the important things for, for people in relationships or for employers to realize is they're are certain things that other people cannot change, and then there are things they can change. Yeah. And it's, um, then you take advantage of these of these innate traits and be sure that they're placed in an environment that we call a good enough fit where they will actually thrive and do their best. And that's important with children, and I think it's important with employees. Powerful. And families also create an environment that helps or hinders someone according to their trait. We are talking with Dr. Elaine Aaron, who is teaching us about highly sensitive people. She's written the best-selling book, Highly Sensitive Person, Highly Sensitive Child, and The Undervalued Self. We're going to take a break, come back, get a little deeper into this. We're going to break it down into also the differences between introversion and extroversion and, uh, and how that relates to sensitivity. This is the Matt Townsend Show, my friends. We'll be back right after this break on BYU Radio. Ghost implants, bioelectronics that can heal you from the inside and then vanish. Take a look before it disappears. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Transient electronic device. That's what DARPA researchers call this new family of electronics that can be implanted in a human body and then dissolve away completely in anything from weeks to minutes. The TEDs are made of materials that dissolve in water and can be absorbed by the body. Prototypes use a sandwich of silicon, magnesium circuitry, and silk. What the devices are used for can vary, as can their lifespans. They might make fast and easy ways to wirelessly track vital signs on patients. One of the test applications is a sort of electronic wound cleaner or a protective barrier around things like pacemakers or artificial joints. Bacteria keep evolving and adapting to antibiotics faster than new ones can be invented, but they can't learn to beat an electronic system that doesn't use chemicals. A TED implant could keep a surgical site clear of infections electronically from within, as well as track and report problems from inside the wound to doctors in their office. 
And when its job is done, like a ghost, it just fades away. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Daddle is a professional artist who travels the world painting pictures. It is a place I enjoyed, and I've been there several times and love it. Then he comes back and shares travel tips, trivia, and history about the places he's visited. You mentioned the base seasoning. They've, that is a big deal. That's the only place you can get it, and they put it on everything. Tune in to BYU Radio on weeknights at 9 Eastern for Traveling with Eric Daddle. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about the highly sensitive person. Do you know somebody that just, you know, gets mad really easily about sounds or noises? And maybe they don't always go mad. Maybe they go quiet. Maybe they just avoid you or people. We're talking about people that are highly sensitive and the impact of, um, you know, trying to relate with them. About 20% of the population apparently falls under the category of highly sensitive. And we're talking with the expert, the numero uno expert, and I don't know if she'll go with this, but Elaine Aaron, Dr. Elaine Aaron is joining us. Dr. Aaron is a PhD clinical psychologist and um, has been working on this subject since the early 90s, has written a bunch of uh, best-selling books, but has also done so much research that she can go any direction you want to go when it comes to sensitivity. She also runs her own practice uh, where she does psychotherapy in San Francisco, as well as teaching public and professional workshops. You can find her, by the way, if you just go, if you went and Googled highly sensitive person, you're going to end up on on her site somewhere, but, or you can go look it up, www.hsperson.com. Dr. Aaron, thanks again for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. It's such a, I, I really think it's such an important subject. As somebody that works with couples all day long and, and coaches them and teaches them how to talk and relate, I mean, there's, some of us are just sensitive, and some of us mm-hmm. are, are married to very sensitive people. So when they're getting frustrated by, oh, this house smells like fish, um, mm-hmm. it might be telling you something, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes. And there is, you know, in a marriage in particular, I think sensitive people really struggle with the fact that things, more things do irritate them. Yeah. They, by nature, adapt to things. But, of course, it's one thing to adapt when you visit a friend's house and it smells like fish. It's another thing to be living with it in your own house. And so, um, or, you know, somebody who chews with their mouth open or uh-huh. tangles the coins in their pocket and then um, the sensitive person is more bothered by it and then they seem like they're kind of nitpicky. Yeah. But on the other hand, they're very good at, they tend to be very loyal and conscientious in their relationships and, and try to make it work rather than leaving. They're less likely to, for example, have an affair or... Um, or be mean. You know, I, I think that they do have this conscientious and an empathic streak. One of the things we discovered is that when, when they look at pictures of their loved one um, with a happier, sad face compared to looking at pictures of a neutral face or of a stranger's face, they have more activity in what are called the mirror neurons huh. in the brain, which yeah. 
which are basically what allow us to to have more empathy. So, so that's the gift of sensitivity is you have the gift. that empathy. The downside right. is you might become a little irritable. Irritable and overstimulated. In, in my own marriage, my husband knows when I say, I've had it right up to here, I just got to get to bed because when I'm overstimulated, I'm, I am mm. an irritable or I feel depressed or just don't talk to me about anything because you won't get a pleasant answer from me. But after some rest, I'm, I'm back, back at, at it again. And so crucial to us, and partners need to understand this, is our need for downtime. Mm. That we need time with very little stimulation. And so we might want time alone or time in silence with the other person but without them talking. And other people can feel a bit abandoned uh, by that. But the sensitive person should say how long they need, like a half hour or an hour or tomorrow morning, so the other person doesn't feel abandoned, and, and it's just a matter of understanding that people differ in this. I love that. I, I went to your website, uh, hspperson.com, and there's a <laughs> self-test. I took the test. I was 14 of them. Um, yeah. And, and it's interesting because you're not just sense. I mean, you have preferences. Like you may be more sensitive to smells than sounds, mm-hmm. but but um, it's interesting. So anybody out there that might be dealing with a spouse that all of a sudden gets seemingly stressed or angry or irritated and and just kind of pulls away, they they might be dealing with a highly sensitive person. And to know that would actually change our ability to interpret what they're doing. They're not trying to be mean. They're they're just sensitive, and they may not even know that they have this issue. Mm-hmm. That's right. And in fact, at one time, somebody studying divorce found a sensitive uh, found a divorce gene, hmm. but it it didn't turn out to be a divorce gene. It turned out to be genes that had to do with temperament. Uh, but forty two percent of your odds of divorce are determined by whatever this gene is. Well, I think it's like um, there's a there's a thing that causes uh, mental retardation. I can't remember the term for it. But if you know about it and you fix it in, at good. birth in a child, yeah. it, 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 then it, it doesn't cause it. So if we know about temperament, it doesn't have to lead to so much stress. Isn't that true? I mean, I've just seen all the time. I had a client, um, and this is a different subject, but the person could not, for the life of them, do any three tasks in a row, let alone get mm-hmm. anything done on their own. And after we've gone through it, I sent them off um, to be assessed, came back, hey, lo and behold, they have ADD. <laughs> and right. just mm-hmm. simply understanding as an adult we had ADD turned almost all of their marriage problems into something else that that we don't have to – it's not a fight anymore, and it's not that he's lazy, mm-hmm. and it's not that he doesn't care, mm-hmm. and the same as the sensitive. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just, it's an- just another... a temperament issue. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Trait. And I, t- I tell people to, you know, grieve the fact that maybe your partner is different from you, and that means you're going to have to make different choices about, mm-hmm. say, recreation or what your priorities are. But then look at all the advantages of that trait. Oh. You know, so you kind of grieve the problem, then embrace the advantages and start getting creative in terms of how to, how to make it work. Um, an- another thing that I think this is equally true with friends or employees or whatever, is that sensitive people uh, uh, express themselves at a quote of a volume that's different than non-sensitive people. I don't mean loud or soft so much as to sensitive people, non-sensitive people sound very blunt. 
like yeah. an example. I w- once was seeing a marital counselor who, who looked at me and she said, you what, you did that, Elaine? I can't believe you did that. And it was like, I just crushed, I like, you know, yeah. sunk into my chair, you know. Or, what were you thinking? <laughs> but that's, yeah. But, and and so I I tell people just turn down the volume because sensitive people tend to express things as, as hints. Yeah. For example, my husband, who's, who's not as sensitive, says that on a scale of 1 to 10, I'll say something that sounds like a 0 or a 1, like, mm-hmm. it's getting a little chilly in here, don't you think? And then when he doesn't respond, I'll go to 10, I'll say, darn it, why don't we turn on the heat? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he says, well, if you had just said something in between, it would have been better because, um, you know, we tend to say things softly and then to get irritated eventually, and other people just... Now, it can be really hard. Sensitive people do so much better with positive um, reinforcement than negative. So at work, when you criticize a sensitive person, they take it so seriously. Yeah, they kind of go yeah. internal, don't they? And they start, which gets mm-hmm. into this male, not the male female, but the a typical uh, argument pattern mm-hmm. is the pursuer withdrawer. Right. That, that happens in a fight or a discussion with, between a husband and a wife, let's say. And it seems like the sensitive people might be prone, I guess you could. they could choose either side. They could go really quickly to withdraw and yeah. hide, or they could escalate and blow up. Yeah, I think that's true. And, and uh, you know, John Gottman, his yeah. famous saying is, if your pulse is up to 100, you need to stop for 20 minutes and calm down, because yeah. sensitive people do get over uh, aroused in an argument. But very often in marriages, they're the ones with less power, because... They are more the identified problem mm-hmm. as they're they're quote too sensitive. Um, they respond too much to criticism or whatever. So once you kind of so they're often not usually the person with more power is the one who withdraws because they have all the you know the advantage to them is the status quo. Right. Uh, just keep things as it is. So the sensitive person is often trying to bring things up, but if especially if the other person snaps at them. Then, you know, very often the non-sensitive partner learns that a good, loud, nasty outbreak of anger will keep a sensitive person kind of down, scared and yeah. dampened down. So, but as sensitive people learn to sort of be more empowered and to express their needs, the power shift sometimes changes in a relationship. Yeah. And I think that's it. I been speaking more now to employers and geez if they could make better use of their sensitive employees usually they've made observations about how things could be improved and but they're they may be afraid to mention them because they might hurt someone's feelings or they might or you might have a boss that's not sensitive and right will shut it down or that was stupid Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. right it's it's a dance isn't it it's and and to understand if you're a highly sensitive person is going to be core to that. I want to take a break and come back and have you address kind of this idea of introversion versus extroversion. Because it seems like historically, sure. we would just call these people introverts. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes we don't have a place for them because this, you know, we live in America full of extroverts. <laughs> right. But uh, there's right. a there's a contingency out there of sensitive people and they're they're very valuable and bring a lot to the equation. We're going to take a break. Come back and continue our discussion with Dr. Elaine Aaron on this topic of, high, of highly sensitive people. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio.
KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. On the Wheatley Forum, we bring you educated voices who encourage practical solutions to real societal issues. It's about those relationships, those sharing of experiences, knowledge, right? Whether it's universities or states or think tanks. Tune in to the Wheatley Forum Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio. Talk about good. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. After undergoing heart surgery this morning to relieve stress on a clogged artery, former President George W. Bush is in high spirits. Doctors discovered the issue during a regular physical checkup yesterday. Accused Fort Hood shooter Major Nadal Hassan, who is representing himself in his court-martial, told the court today the evidence will clearly show he is the man who shot and killed 13 fellow soldiers in 2009 and wounded dozens more. All U.S. citizens have been ordered to leave Yemen immediately by the State Department as the threat of an imminent al-Qaeda attack grows. British citizens are also being evacuated as Yemeni intelligence services report the al-Qaeda second-in-command is being urged to do something. An evicted homeowner who was accused of blasting his way into a monthly Pennsylvania town meeting and killing three people last night had 90 more rounds of ammunition in his car, according to police. A local police official warned today the attack could have been much worse. The New York City comptroller race is getting more bizarre as FBI agents have now arrested candidate Kristen Davis for selling prescription drugs to an FBI informant. Davis also claims to have provided another comptroller candidate, Elliot Spitzer, with prostitutes while he was in office as New York's governor. In world news, labeling the removal of former Egyptian President Mohamed Morsi a coup and urging military leaders to move back towards democracy, U.S. Senators Lindsey Graham and John McCain are appealing to both sides of Egypt's political crisis to end continuing violence and start a national dialogue. And Lloyd's of London, a company ensuring the diamond collection valued at almost $136 million, was, which was stolen last month from a hotel in Cannes along the French Riviera, is offering a 1 million euro reward to the first person to provide information leading to the recovery of the jewels. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Top of the morning to you. Afternoon to you. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we have been talking about sensitive people. Are you a highly sensitive person? Do you tend to, like, get a little irritated by that, uh, you know, that little tag on the back of your shirt? You just can't focus till you get rid of it. Do you tend to notice things when, you know, things that are going on in the room... You tend to look at people and sense things that aren't quite right. This sensitive person, you know, it could be, I guess, a really negative thing because now all of a sudden you're preoccupied with all of these maybe distractions or, or noticing things that you might, you know, the average person might not notice. But there's also a benefit to it, which is this empathic uh, ability, this ability to 
care about others, to read others, to mirror other people's emotions. And we're talking to an expert in the subject of sensitive people. Her name is Dr. Uh, Elaine Aaron, and Dr. Aaron has a BA from the University of California, Berkeley. She also has a master's degree in clinical psychology and a PhD in clinical uh, psychology as well. She's been working and practicing psychotherapy in San Francisco area for years, as well as teaching workshops and researching this subject. She's the best uh, author of the best-selling book, uh, Highly Sensitive Person, The Highly Sensitive Child, and the, and the Undervalued Self. So, Dr. Aaron, again, welcome back. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. We've uh, really gotten into this. And, and again, I'm, a, I'm for sure, I think I'm, I'm highly sensitive. And it doesn't mean I'm nice. It, I mean, let's get clear. We always think, oh, sensitive people are so nice. They read me so well. But some of this is just the fact that we're, um, we're dealing with stimulation and being overly mm-hmm. stimulated, which is what we're sensitive to. Is that the point? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to put a name on a trait, isn't it? I right, mean, it is. Sensitive has other meanings. When I, I certainly I consider my husband who's not highly sensitive by the... Yeah. I've defined it. He's very sensitive to my needs. Yeah. And there are many nice people out there who are not highly sensitive people. But um, the sensitivity refers more to, that's why academically I call it sensory processing sensitivity, because it has to do with this preference to process information more deeply. Hmm. And uh, so I think you want to speak a little about introversion. Yeah, talk about that, because like I sit here again, everyone thinks, everyone that meets me thinks they're convinced I'm an extrovert, and maybe I am, um, but I also really love being alone, and we talked a little bit about that at the beginning. Is it is uh-huh. it just that I'm a sensitive extrovert? What is it? That's what I would guess that you are, um, because uh, sensitive extroverts look a lot different than sensitive uh, the non-sensitive extroverts. Uh, largely in this question of downtime, the extrovert who is not highly sensitive really wants people around all the time. It's like they almost feed their energy on uh, feed on the energy of being around other people, mm-hmm. and whereas uh, so so they're uncomfortable if they're alone. But a sensitive extrovert still needs lots of downtime. Um, what they do is they they have these deeper insights into things. Then they tend to talk about them, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Right, they're no, right. They're quite hurt when they express themselves and it doesn't work, but it's still their inclination. That's why you need a radio show, because then then you can just express it as a hypothetical example and pretend like you're talking about your friend. Right, right, right. (laughs) Well, and also, you don't get a lot of backtalk immediately. Yeah, who's going to give me lip? We can't even turn our phones on today. Right. I mean, it's a big deal, isn't it? Because And then we get trapped in this trait or this uh this personality trait i guess and mm-hmm. and it's uh and, and most of us don't even know this is what's going on we just we might even get frustrated because there's too many kids around and then when we right. blow up we just feel like a bad dad that's right that's right exactly in fact right now i'm working on a book on the highly sensitive parent hmm. because they tend to be the best of parents and the worst of parents yeah so they, they read their kids really well Stress, and yet they're more attuned to their children, which mm. is pretty obvious, but yeah. I, they, they've been asking me for a book for a long time, so it seems like a good idea. But uh, you know, getting back to this question of introversion and extroversion, I think it's the term that's been around longer, and people 
And also, it refers, most of the time people mean by it, behaviors that you can observe. Introverts don't talk so much, um, and extroverts are outgoing and talkative and all this. So it's a kind of a labeling of a behavior that is easy to see, but especially for introversion, like when you're taking your downtime, it's not easy to really know what is going on inside of an introvert except that they're not doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, or they tend to like to be uh, to have one or two close friends and not be in a large circle of friends. So most people don't get to know them very well and think of them as just kind of antisocial. Well, behind those behaviors are, are many different motivations, really. And so I don't think introversion, extroversion is so much innate as what I found in my interviews was that this, the extroverts tended to grow up in households where they, uh, the extrovert sensitive people tend to grow up in households where extroversion was more natural mm. or in a community where there were lots of, like, like the child of a minister or someone living on a cul-de-sac where everybody was always... The gathering you know, and, yeah. Gathering or people living in extended family or on a commune or something like that. It feels normal to them. Many extroverted, sensitive people are in New York City, and uh, and it's what's familiar that that keeps you relaxed and not overstimulated. Oh, interesting. So yeah. I kind of kid that if they were out in the middle of Nevada alone, they would be very overstimulated because that would be kind of anxiety provoking sure. for them. Well, and like uh, because, I don't get stressed well, about speaking to five hundred people. Because that's right. kind of familiar to me, but that should be fairly stressful. Yeah, and actually puts you alone in a group of strangers with yeah, five or six that would be more, with no agenda. Like New Yorkers, yeah. that would yeah. be a lot harder, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and, and it's interesting you mentioned something before about our culture and how it responds to, to sensitivity or to introversion. And th- there was a, a study comparing Canadian school children to... Chinese school children, and in China, the children who are quiet and, quote, sensitive uh, are the most popular, and in Canada, they were the least popular. Really? So it's cultural. uh, I mean, it's cultural what we accept. It is, and I I think that part of it are immigrant nations tend to be a bit on the rough side, so you get the feeling like (laughs) machismo in in Latin America and and here kind of the, the... yeah, we make jokes about sensitive men. You know, right. persons should be able to deal with a lot of stimulation at once. Australia, New Zealand, there's there's a lot more of valuing that. But then you look at Europe or or India or other the rest of Asia. I think sensitivity is more valued in in men and women. So hmm. maybe it's the age of our culture in yeah. part, and still. Do you know still if it's different in immigrant? Have your studies gone to India? I mean, it seems like if the culture is more accepting or like even um, emboldening the sensitive man mm-hmm. in India, mm-hmm. are, are there more sensitive men? Does it increase then the actual ratio well, of sensitive the, people? In terms of how many are born, not much. Okay. There's probably a few more born in Asia than mm. here, but, but not a lot more because, as I said, the advantage of being sensitive is gone if everybody yeah, is sensitive. that's right. So some other way of being sensitive would have to evolve. It might be but, like a social, uh, how they act out socially, but they may not actually right. be sensitive. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, exactly. That Ta- you have to be, for instance, one of the traits of sensitive people is we're very adaptable. Well, in a, 
in a more traditional society or a more communal society, you have to be adaptive whether you're sensitive or not. Mm-hmm. But it, it's almost like the tone is more comfortable for sensitive people. Right. But there's actually a change going on all over the world, which is that sensitivity, well, aggressiveness is being more valued as, as kind of a, a certain, I guess you'd call it American. Yes, the Western trade. Or market <laughs> uh, trait of, of being very driven. That's us. And, and so <laughs> uh, as the people who can do that are are seen as better, but I don't think that's going to last. Yeah, I, I'm sure the pendulum will swing, right? Mm-hmm. For, for one thing, people, when you... When you multitask too much, you just wear out. And sensitive people have to figure out ways of choosing the stimulation to pay attention to because they can't do all of it. And very often our intuition is very good. Like I don't surf the web a lot, but I'm very good at finding what I need mm. because I can use my intuition to sort of find yeah. it uh, rather quickly by following leads. So uh, plus, I, I think that in the long run, we know that people who are cooperative or nations or groups that are cooperative do better in the long run than those that are highly competitive sure. because what, they take care of each other. What do we do? Okay, so let's say, uh, again, we're talking with Dr. Uh, Elaine Aaron, who is a best-selling author, written books about highly sensitive people, the highly sensitive child, the undervalued self, coming up soon, the highly uh, parenting What's the new topic? What's the new name of your new book? Oh, the Highly Sensitive Parent. The I've highly... also written a book for um, for couples called The Highly Sensitive Person in Love. That's great. So here we sit, and we're married to people that are highly sensitive, or we are. Right. What are some things we should be doing to cope with our sensitivity? To I guess, too, the main key really is to work on making sure we're and dealing with our overstimulation. Right. Uh, coping with overstimulation is right up at, there at the top. So downtime, especially some, some pretty efficient form of getting downtime, like meditation. Um, I tell people, turn off the radio or the television. Sorry about that. No, but really, <laughs> um, but after the show, and, of course. And, yeah, and get out into nature maybe and just really be quiet or spend, spend, you know, go to bed for a nap. And even if your mind is racing, uh, that gives your mind a chance to kind of process things, digest things. So we need we need downtime, and um, we need to learn how to say no because of our empathy. We tend to want to say yes, right. we feel the other person's needs, but no one knows what we can or can't do but ourselves. So when we're overloaded, we we have to take care of ourselves. Yeah, and so those are some of the most important things. And I guess no where you're sensitive. I mean, and know, like we were talking earlier, that if I walk into one of these uh, potion and lotion places, I don't remember what they're called, but they drives my nose crazy. Like literally, I can't get out of the room fast enough. And um, the grocery aisle where those perfume detergents. Oh, blah. I can't handle that. I know exactly. Yeah. And so, but if I know that, not so bothered. <laughs> then I need to watch out yeah. for that, and may, maybe plan to not be overstimulated that way. Or if I'm if I'm somebody that mm-hmm. can't handle the noise of of children, and I have mm-hmm. six of them, and maybe mm-hmm. I ought not have hardwood floors, huh? And right. uh, <laughs> and I so I really need to know who I, I am. Outside a lot, so yeah. that, so that the noise is not so right. Echoey. Yes, and have a space where I can just go and when when I sense the the 
the tension or the anxiety start to go up, I just can go mm-hmm. to my happy place. Right. And another good point here is that um, sensitive people who've had a difficult past really need to work on that, and mm. they may need to work on it more than other people. You know, people say, oh, you know, everybody had a hard childhood, yeah. but sensitive people are more affected by it, and if they can work on the symptoms that are a result of that, like their anxiety or depression, they can deal with that, then then they'll actually be functioning very well. And I think they take the therapy better than other people uh, just because they do so well when they get a good environment, just as they do poorly when they have a bad environment. And In fact, I have another book. Uh, at some point, I'm going to have to stop these books, but one is on for psychotherapists, um, psychotherapy oh. and the highly sensitive person, because I really want psychotherapists to understand um, yeah. the difference between pathology and a sensitive person and, and what, what it looks like when they overlap, as they often do. That's, you know, it's interesting, too, because you see, and this is what I I think is brilliant about what you do. Um, Again, we're talking to Dr. Elaine Aaron, who, when you spend your entire life in a subject like this, Mm -hmm. um, it adds so much value because the traditional therapist could just throw a label on this. Yeah, your husband's just an introvert or or whatever, and just labeling Mm -hmm. something without a little bit more depth or insight is right. not necessarily helping. Oh, well, yeah. I, I know one poor sensitive man who in couples counseling was told over and over that he needed to act more like a man if he was going to please his oh, wife. And man up! Be, be insensitive. <laughs> or, is that what they were saying? So like, she ended <laughs> up divorcing him when, you know, probably she had a pretty good deal with this guy yeah. because he was sensitive to her needs and mm-hmm. all that. But sometimes we don't respect that and the, the respect a lot depends on how it's framed because Absolutely. sensitive men, for instance, are often very good at protecting their families. They're very predictable. Their families. Yeah, yeah, um, which is which is pretty nice, uh-huh. <laughs> partner. But the culture—I I joke that the culture wants somebody who can be both very tough and violent and very sensitive at the same time. That's and right. You have to understand you don't get both in the same. Person. That's right, and we want them riding a Harley. Exactly. Come exactly. on. Not bothered by the noise, and then and then they get off and they go up and they're so tender and sensitive, yeah. and it just is it like that. Yeah, I don't think that's real. That's in the movies. Well, I right. I really appreciate uh, the the topic. I, they can go to your website. Is the best place to go to go is hsperson.com? dot com. Exactly. That's Highly cool. sensitive, but hsperson dot com. Hsperson. Yeah. yeah, and then they can go take your <laughs> assessment and find out if you're a sensitive person. I think. I I, I kind of knew, but it was also fun mm-hmm. to know know why, you know. Yes, and know it in more detail and get and get a full appreciation. That's really important for sensitive people is to appreciate the good side of their traits, right? So that they can really make use of it and hold their heads up high. Yep. You're not you're not just this wuss. You're you are sensitive, and and it's a great gift. There's a huge side to it that I very much appreciate, and then I, there's a side to it I need to manage better. Right. And yeah, exactly. Well done. We can think of it as neutral. We're not better than other right. people, but we're not worse than us. That's right. We could be a lot worse. I appreciate it. We, <laughs> we've been talking with Dr. Elaine Aaron. Uh, and go check out that website, hsperson.com. You know, it's a great thing. You can, get the st- you can go to the, her store there, get her books, and learn about a highly sensitive person. Go through a workbook on it as well. We're going to take a break, come back, and uh, wrap up the show 
with uh, a little bit of in the news of some uh, sensitive people or maybe overly sensitive people that have made the news lately. We're going to take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. As the SOHO spacecraft approaches 17 years of solar observation, we review the success and scares of this Sunseeker. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. The Solar and Heliospheric Observatory, or SOHO, is approaching 17 years of service, floating in an orbit between Earth and the Sun, snapping high-resolution images every 12 seconds and showing us the dynamics of solar weather and activity. Built by a European consortium and flown and operated by NASA, SOHO has taken a beating and kept working, sometimes against all odds. In 1998, SOHO had an accident, spinning out of control and contact. Feared lost, contact was reestablished about three months later and the probe carefully nursed back into service, but the accident cost it the loss of its gyroscopes. Without gyros, SOHO would use up all its remaining fuel years too early while it tries to stay pointed at the sun. But the European Space Agency's unique fix conceived a new way to steer SOHO and other future probes without gyros. In 2003, SOHO's main antenna got stuck, but the team did a workaround using smaller antennas and the onboard data recorder to keep the mission afloat. As a pre-retirement gift, the plucky craft has also rewarded us with the unexpected detection of over 2,000 new comets, all while watching the sun. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Talk about health with Professor of Exercise Science and Chronic Illness Specialist Ron Hager on The Morning Show. Uh, You can remain healthy for a long time. He brings in weekly segments about health and wellness to share with you. Chronic disease is highly preventable. That's the good. That's the thing I'm excited to talk about. Tune in Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern for Ron Hager on the BYU Radio Morning Show. Talk about good. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We've been talking about highly sensitive people. And again, I think I've been pegged. That's interesting, too, because I was thinking I wasn't an extrovert, but I am. Uh, huh. I'm an extrovert, but I'm highly sensitive, so that tires me out. So I need breaks because I just – too much stimulation just overwhelms me. Interesting stuff. So uh, take some of that to heart. And now we're going to go to our very own Colonel Rob Sanders, who has been doing a search in the news. Is that right, Rob? Yeah, looking at people who, I don't know, what would you describe them as? People who, not, take not highly sensitive, over, overly sensitive. Overly sensitive. Yeah, yeah overly Customers sensitive. Customers and, yeah. That create problems for the rest of us. Here's the news. Getting offended in the news. By now you've heard of British Prime Minister David Cameron trying to censor the internet of offensive images. Now the Russians want to one-up him. A Russian politician wanting to amend an internet censorship law so it bans swearing on the internet. Since I guess the Russians don't have a First Amendment. Because they're Russians. Now I see one flaw with that. What is and isn't a swear word? Because i got to be honest, if I was Vladimir Putin, swear word number one on the list would be, don't vote for Vladimir Putin. Yep, that one's getting banned from the internet. Of course, censorship isn't limited to just soft dictatorships. Happens here in the U.S., too. Internet communities and message boards from Facebook to Tumblr to Reddit 
all crack down on trolls. And I'm not talking about those goofy, weird-haired dolls that you trip on in the dark because your daughter left it there. No, I'm talking about Internet trolls, people who go into a place with a homogenous ideology and go against the grain just to stir the pot and get people mad. Moderators of message boards like to shut down Internet trolling and delete it. The problem now, these moderators delete comments that are thoughtful but go against the grain. Which means in America, troll now means... It made me angry on the internet. So delete it. Do you know North Korea has a tourism industry? Yeah, it turns out China's middle class is flocking there in countless numbers. The problem is the North Koreans are a bit offended because Chinese tourists are tossing candy at North Korean children like they're feeding the ducks. I mean, the kids like the candy, but that's a little demeaning, you know? Instead of tourists offending the locals, how about locals offending the tourists? The Jersey Shore has a SAG problem. At least some on the city council there think so. This summer they passed a law banning anybody from wearing shorts, swimsuits, pants, or skirts that droop more than three inches below the waist. And this fashion offense has some teeth. 25 bucks for the first offense, all the way up to $200 and 40 hours of community service if you keep sagging. But in France, you don't have to droop to offend. A French company will sell you a high-end sweatshirt that has the French word for unemployed on it. You can walk around with a sweatshirt that says unemployed. And that's offending some people because France has a high unemployment rate. But to make it a real punch in the mouth for the poor, the price tag on this sweatshirt is $378. Kids fashion, too, isn't immune. A popular chain of clothing stores had to pull a t-shirt off the shelves that said, My Best Subjects. Shopping was checked, music was checked, dancing was checked, and then there was a box for math that was not checked. Townsends don't do math. We don't do math. And the t-shirt was made for girls. So I bet you can guess what groups that offended. And while we're playing the game, guess which group is offended. I bet you can figure out where the post office went wrong with this ad campaign. In Priority Mail, we trust. Nothing inherently wrong on the surface until you think about what Priority Mail replaces... Yeah, they didn't like that. And that offended some people. In the news! That was uh, offensive, because you put my voice in there. Well, it fit. That totally fit. Um, good stuff. Good job, Robbie. Colonel Robbie Sanders. So, uh, you consider yourself sensitive? Um, it depends on what. Interesting. Because there are certain things I'm not How about chairs being about. out of order at a conference table? Well, it, it's not tidy. And so you go in and, and chairs are supposed to be perpendicular yeah. to the table, or I guess parallel with the, the table. Tucked in. Tucked, tucked in. in. And so when they're crooked, it's it's not a big deal. Yeah. But it looks kind of like everybody just abandoned the room because uh, the so fire alarm sad for the room. Yeah. And, well, or it just I, – I feel like if – Somebody came to my workplace, they'd think, oh, you guys are the kind of people who just leave the chairs wherever you want it. Yeah. And so while I don't feel a compulsion to put the chairs back You're not going to get are, up and walk around and If move I them. happen to be walking by them, I them. might choose to straighten some of the more crooked ones out. Just so out. you know, I keep seeing Skyboy messing the chairs up after you straighten them. You know, and just kind of spin it wherever he likes. Is that true, Skyboy? I do that on purpose. Do you? Just to watch Just Rob. Just to see Rob. how Rob yeah. responds. Are you now deciding you're sensitive? What was your decision, your verdict? I think I'm sensitive after you listening are. to the show. Do you need show. a break and get away from people and just get away? Yeah. What do you do? Play the guitar. 
just go in your little room and play the guitar. Mm-hmm. That's what my son but does. But are you sensitive enough that if you're – I mean because your guitar has what? Five strings, four strings? How many? How many depends if he's, it five, depends if five, he's using all of them. Six strings? Yeah. Sometimes he takes one Okay. Off. So if you have five out of six, would that bother you enough yeah, that, that would you feel like crazy. you need to add another well, string? Well, that's different. Yeah. But what <laughs> if it's a string you never play? Oh, but you, you play, play all, all the strings. You play them all. I've never played <laughs> Not when I play a guitar. <laughs> it's interesting. This sensitive thing, It's uh, you can see how if you married somebody that was super sensitive or wasn't, and they're like always telling you to, come on, you're mean. You're, you hate me because you always go play your guitar. So when you get married, Sky Boy, you're going to go away and you're going to hide in your room. And, and I'm going to write love songs for my wife. You're going to write love songs love on a five-string more. guitar. Then it'll work. Yep. Uh, that'll be the first week. <laughs> and then yeah, about probably won't two happen. years later, she'll be like, see, you don't care. Because if you cared, you'd stay out here with the noisy life. Hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I could still do that. but You will. Yeah. You'll do both. Okay. So here's the challenge to all the listeners. Okay. Dalai Lama has a quote that uh, is a meme that I've got on my Facebook page. You ready? It says, our prime purpose in this life is to help others. And if you can't help them, at least don't hurt them. So folks out there, if you can't help your neighbors, your friends, everybody to be better people, can you at least just not hurt them? If some of you are sensitive, you know, let's honor the sensitivities in others. Let's let them use their empathy to understand us better. And, hey, use your sensitivities to understand that, hey, maybe I don't have a very sensitive spirit. Folks, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow with more great ideas right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio.